Sarah Valenzuela from the LA Times joins us today, and we're going to ask her, of course, about Shohei Otani and his contract, Anthony Rendon's injury history, and Albert Pujols and his role at spring training. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your very first listen of the day. Every show is free and available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, we're glad that you're here. Make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you for being here with us for this very special edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Mike, we uh, got ourselves an interview with Sarah Valenzuela of the Los Angeles Times. She's the Angels beat writer for the Times, and she's here with us talking about spring training, talking about her observations and the things that she's seen, what she's noticed about this team, who's impressed her. We have a great interview with her right now, so let's get into it. We are so thrilled to have Sarah Valenzuela, the Angels beat writer from the LA Times, with us today for a great conversation. Sarah, it seems like you've been the bell of the ball. You you joined uh, talking Halos and Halos in the infield, and then <laughs> yeah. and now you're here with us. So it's great to have you. Thank you so much. It's that's hopping from one to the next. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're like Vanessa Williams. You save the best for last, though, right? Hey, there you go. There you go. What a reference. You like that? It's those '90s references, bro. You know me. Oh, hey, Sarah. Absolutely. Let's get started with a question just about you. Can you give us and Halo fans a bit of your background in journalism and what led you to the Angels? What was intriguing about that opportunity for you? Yeah, um, so uh, I went to Syracuse University for my journalism education. Um, and after that, I kind of bounced around from one hyperlocal newspaper um, in back in New York, uh, then ended up at the New York Daily News where I was in sports and then found myself at the LA Times. Uh, for me, I've always wanted to be a baseball writer mm. like my whole life. It's so funny. And I've, I've said this on the other podcasts, one or one or both of them. Um, if, if you've ever seen a Everybody Loves Raymond, yeah. the main character, yes. Ray Barone, is a beat writer, is a baseball writer who writes about the Mets, even though that's not like the main part of, of the entire show. Right. One episode where he's reading, um, his mom is reading one of his stories in a newspaper whatever, whatever, by Ray Barone, and everyone starts clapping. And that one scene stuck with me oh, <laughs> wow. like childhood. So obviously, like, grow, like as, as you get older, as I got through college, there's like those, okay, is this what I want to do? Is this really wanna, what I want to do? Like, what is it do I really want to do with journalism? So technically, I went to school for broadcast. Um, mm. I wanted to go into into TV, but then after college, um, or at least as I was nearing graduation, I wasn't so sure TV was what I wanted. Reverted back to going the print and newspaper route and finally found myself like on the path that kind of started so long ago. And uh, when the LA Times had their opening uh, covering the Angels and uh, we, we found an agreement, uh, I. Like this, this was my shot. I've, I've mm -hmm. never covered a beat by myself. Um, so this, this was my opportunity for me. This was, this was my dream. Hmm. Not necessarily to cover the Angels, but to cover a baseball team. And the Angels were right. the one that had the open beat. <laughs> 
Yeah. And what yeah. a team to cover, too, with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and all the storylines involved, too. So, yeah, it, it's been great uh, having you. So you, you came on in June at the L.A. Times, and when you announced that you were going to be the Angels beat writer, I loved this tweet that you said. You said, this Dominicana, Filipina, first-generation American from Queens, New York, is the new L.A. Times Angels beat writer. What does it mean for you to kind of bring your your ne- unique perspective and your voice to the angels. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, first off, I, I feel like I stand on the shoulders of so many other women who came before me and mm. opened the doors so that I could be in this position and, yeah. and be able to be in it <laughs> right. and feel celebrated in it and be able to celebrate myself in it. For me, um, I feel like I'm still finding what it is that I bring to the table. Mm. Um, a lot of people have just told me that I I have a lot of joy in the things that I'm reporting and the things that like I post. So I feel like that's one thing, but I, I, I feel like I'm still trying to find what makes me necessarily unique mm. in my identity in what I write. Yeah. If that makes any kind yeah. of sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I personally loved your coverage. Mike has loved your coverage as well. And just in spring training, you've been killing it with the videos and, and all of that <laughs> stuff. So thank you for providing us fans with the content that we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're a great follow on Twitter, which we really appreciate. And I actually mentioned to John off air a couple of days ago, how interesting it was to see somebody like a Jeff Fletcher and a Sam Blum tweet about the interactions with Shohei, and then you tweet about it. And so when somebody says that you bring joy I can affirm that because it there was a joyful spirit about it and we're all excited because it is spring training right and baseball is about to start and speaking of that can you give us a sense of what the overall vibe is for the players I just said vibe I'm 43 um and and really kind of what stood out about the team so far and your interactions with them yeah I mean I, I feel like it's very typical of spring um early in the spring everyone is pretty chill, but also very excited and very happy to be there. Springtime is a time for new beginnings, but just in general, yeah. it's been training. It's, it's just a time for new opportunities. The younger guys who are there have the chance to learn from these people that from these other players that they may or may not have like seen before, may have emulated. So it, it's a chance for growth all around. Um, and it's just, it's a very positive clubhouse right now Hmm. that's interesting to hear because i think a lot of angel fans uh not a lot there are there's a there's a pocket of angel fans i think that are concerned about this team and then there's a pocket of angel fans that are just fools like me and john that just have high hopes for this team all the time so to hear that there's kind of this air of excitement and what's possible i think as a fan is is really exciting to hear yeah i mean definitely and Spring training is definitely the time for it, um, especially with all the moves that the Angels made in the offseason. The guys yeah. who are returning kind of see it an improved depth where that, that kind of really hurt them last year. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's this hope for, okay, we've filled in some of these holes in like the lineup and like in the roster. Let's see what we can do with it because on, on paper, it looks it looks good. Right, right. On paper, and 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 I've I've actually said it a few times on the podcast. Like, on paper, this team's great, but games 
are not played on paper, yeah. and we need all of the uh, the depth that we can get with this team. And so I was happy to see the moves that they made. Um, speaking about the the chemistry with the team, have you been able to kind of observe Phil Nevin with the players? And, and what we've heard is that he's really done a g- great job with building a good relationship with the players. What have you seen in that regard? Yeah, I for, first it's kind of a, I don't know if it's, serendipity is not the word I'm looking for. It's, mm. a, it's a privilege just for from like a personal standpoint that I get to start my career and I am covering a team with a manager that is also starting his like major league managing career. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have no idea how long his career is going to last, but it is a privilege that I get to see it from the beginning, like right. as, it's, as it's unfolding. <laughs> so from a baseball like fan standpoint, I, I think that's like kind of cool. Absolutely. Um, but as far as Phil, I think he is very much like a product of the mentors that he's had throughout like his career, both as a player and um, as a, as like a coach, third base coach, and then minor league manager. Um, I, I guess I, I would describe him as a, and I, for lack of better terms, a, a player's coach. Mm. Um, I, I think it, he already established to, to a degree last year a good rapport with the players and a trust with the players and I, I feel like that's just carried on to this year now that this team is like it's his, it's his first spring training as the as the manager of this team um and a lot of the things that some of the players have told me about how they see his clubhouse being run is there's a, a, a sense of like accountability um that he holds to to players there's a lightness, but there's also like a strictness in mm. that same accountability. So, hmm. so far, so hearing hearing good things too. That's, <laughs> That's great. great. Locked on Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets at a chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on you gotta go to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today. And for your second listen, you got to check out Lockdown MLB Prospects with our friend, Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. His podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Mike, let's get back to our interview with Sarah Valenzuela. Now, obviously, we got to talk about Shohei, right? And he's had some quotes over the last couple of days, and his agent as well have had some quotes. And and it's very ambiguous, right? It's very, I'm focusing on the season, right? And so it feels almost like he's a political candidate that just keeps saying the same thing. What do you do as a reporter, as a beat writer, 
to try to break through some of that? Is there like a question that you ask and then you ask a separate question to try to get some more information? What's it like for you when you ask a question and then you kind of get this ambiguous kind of same answer every single time from Shohei? For me, I feel like I'm still trying to navigate that, but Mm -hmm. I think collectively as a beat, we ask one question and then someone else just tries to ask the same question in a different way. Yeah. Um, so specifically when it comes to like Shohei, where we, we have very limited availability with him. Um, it's, it's a group effort (laughs) to a certain degree, (laughs) to a certain degree. Um, and you kind of just, from what he gives you, you kind of try to see where the nuggets of information are. He doesn't really give too much. He's very like plain, very, um, not plain, um, reserved in what he says. Like yeah. he says what is true and like, like th- this is factual and he will say what is like factual. Yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't really like let on too much. Um, yeah. So it's just about like finding the nuggets of information when he, when he speaks that you're kind of like, oh, okay, this, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So when you're asking a question and you get an answer, that's kind of plain, that's just facts as you've talked to him and as you've heard him talk, is there any sense in you as, as a beat writer for this? I'm actually looking for some hope is what I'm actually asking for right now, but is there any sense in you of what, what will happen or kind of where he's leaning? Or do you feel like he's really protective of that? I have no idea. Oh, Sarah, come on. When I was was working for the New York Daily News, I was working for the sports desk, and I was also the backup Mets and Yankees writer, filling in Mm -hmm. just here and there, nothing crazy. Um, But I wrote this one blog um, about Shohei Otani, and I was, like, convinced. I was like, this man's going to the Mets, and you can't convince me otherwise. (laughs) And when I got on the Angels beat and, like, heard from him more and started becoming more immersed in and who Shohei is from what we can see, like from what he gives us, mm-hmm. the more I was just like, I have no idea what's happening. Huh. I don't know <laughs> whether you're going to stay, whether you're going to go. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's a really interesting observation just because, you know, you were kind of on the outside looking in and now you're here and you get a more real sense of, oh, yeah, I'm not sure what the next step is right but but those from the outside looking in i think have convinced themselves that like oh it's inevitable he's gonna leave and and he's coming over to the mets or he's coming to the dodgers or you know that sort of thing and so mike and i have had to fight that off a little bit right this season and and just really clarify like well here's what he said and here's what he hasn't said so that is a really interesting observation on your part in terms of you know, being in one place and seeing the situation go down and then uh, being here and actually seeing it for yourself. So uh, really great perspective there. Now, I have a question regarding Mike Trout, and he said that he wants to do everything in his power to keep Shohei in Anaheim. That's why we love him. (laughs) That's why we love him. What is it that Mike Trout could possibly say from one goat to another to convince him to stay, in your opinion? Honestly... I think that's that's going to be between them until they decide to tell us what what that might look like. But yeah. At the same time, just from from seeing what their relationship is and just hearing Mike talk about it just through since since I joined the beat, 
last year hearing him talk about Shohei. It seems like they're pretty close. So mm. I, I I think there's a degree of, yes, he's he's going to try and convince him to stay. Like, I'm sure all of them are going to yeah. want him to, to stick around. Um, but at the same time, I there's, there's a realness that I'm sure will like if if they ever discuss it together there's there's a realness that comes with it that goes beyond the yeah you need to stay here selfish reasons and a realness that goes with you know like this is a really big decision yeah and you know no matter what Shohei decides it's going to it's going to shock everyone right. like the moment he decided what what he's going to do everyone's going to lose their minds but right. Uh, right. he's going to the royals <laughs> yeah <laughs> mike was saying that like on a very like real level whatever advice advice wise not like a convincing him to stay wise is really just he needs to make the decision for himself like it yes. can't be for yeah. anyone else it has to be for him absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. and you're right like as soon as what he, as soon as he makes his decision there's going to be people let's say he stays in Anaheim and there'll be those people that thought he was going to the Mets or going to the Dodgers right that are going to say oh I guess he doesn't want to win right and then, of course Angel fans are going to be like no he's going to help us win and so it, I, that's why I loved what Mike said it can't be to try to impress or to try to perform for somebody else he's got to make it for his for his own life and his own decision and speaking of decisions it was an interesting conversation and and quote from anthony rendon who was talking about life after baseball and he wants to have a comfortable life and be healthy for that and he said that he's heard and seen a lot of the criticisms of him from angel fans over the last few years. We got a healthy guy in 2020, but it was a shortened season. And then 2021 and 2022, we haven't really seen Anthony Rendon at his peak and really performing well. What's your perspective on what he said and, and how did it come across? What was the vibe, the energy as he shared that with you? I think it came across for me, it came across kind of on a, on a really like, real personal level mm. um, it's it's a real in the sense that like there's a self-actualization to yes he is a, a very good baseball player and it's the reason why the angels signed him once upon a time he was premier third baseman that everyone who needed a third baseman at the time back in what the end of 2019 everyone's like oh my god we need anthony rendon yeah um, so like there, there's a reason why he was signed and it's still there somewhere but at the same time he also like intimated that there were so many surgeries and so many like injuries that he's had that yeah. it's like it's worn on him so I, I feel like there was a, a very real actualization with himself that like yes i want to play baseball but also i want to like be okay enough for my family and for yeah. my kids right well so i think we i think it was kind of a more I don't not not intimate it was um yeah I'm, I'm gonna keep using the word real because I can't mm. think of the word I want to use yeah, <laughs> right yeah right. it was I think it was just a little deeper it was just a little deeper into what what I think he wants for himself yeah and uh, like for for like his life because he is not he's not just a baseball player he is 
also a, a real person. Right. These are right. these are humans that are really <laughs> talented that are playing a game, right? And they have real families. And I think sometimes when they see the criticisms and they hear the criticisms, it probably can kind of get stuck in your heart a bit. And and fans can sometimes just see them as performers instead mm-hmm. of as like, oh, that's a dad, right? That's mm-hmm. a that's a brother. That's a son. And so that's why the, the, his words really caught me because he is thinking about what happens after the four years, maybe he does retire, right? And he wants to be a healthy guy. Who wouldn't want to be that? So I, I appreciated his his comments there. Yeah, um, I, I also, I asked um, Phil Nevin about it afterwards, just if there's a certain conversation that you have with certain guys about, you know, from your like mental standpoint, remembering that you are more than just a baseball player hmm. and you are like an actual human being and... Mm-hmm. He kind of talked about it a little bit. He was saying, like, you know, a, a lot of guys, especially, like, when they have kids, like, they they all come to that same, like, realization that, like, there's more to life than just baseball. And, like, you yeah. have your kids and you have your family. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to, like, outright retire after four years. I mean, he's still young. He could still play for many more years. <laughs> but just a, a thing that, like, a lot of guys, like, Rendon just, have in their have in their minds of like yeah there's there is more to like my life than just baseball We're talking with Sarah Valenzuela of the Los Angeles Times. She covers the Angels for the Times. Sarah, thanks for being here with us. Now, we know that you've been in Tempe uh, among the players and the coaches and the staff, and you're braving the elements out there. I saw the crazy wind yesterday in the videos that you were taking. But one thing that really stuck out to me was there's like a really good mix of veteran players and young guys on the team. Have you seen or observed any interesting interactions between some of the leaders on the team versus some of the young guys, maybe the non-roster invitees that are there. What have you seen in that regard? Yeah, I've, so actually a lot of the pairings of the guys and they go out in their groups, a lot of them, they're intentionally paired like young guy and then more veteran guy. Oh, that's cool. One of like the pairings that I've I've been noticing, um, I know it's not too much of like a stretch between veteran and like young guy, but uh, Andrew Velasquez has been with uh, Zach Neto, for, exa- for example. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and uh, Carlos Estevez has been with Jose Marte. Mm. <laughs> um, so there, there's like these, there are these partnerings with like young person, uh, like younger guy, and then the more veteran guys that that have kind of branched, gone off in, in groups like intentionally. Yeah. So oh, I love that's that. That's been really cool mm. to see. Yeah. Is that something that Phil Nevin decided to do or is the 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 other coaching staffs or who do you think's behind that? I have no idea. Huh. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it seems like a Phil move. That's why I was wondering cuz just based on what you were saying about him earlier, I'm like I I mean just the fact that they're pairing up those those young guys with those guys who have been around for a while. Even even Velasquez and Neto, I mean, if if like we know Neto can hit really well, but he could certainly learn some things from Velasquez at shortstop because yeah. Velasquez glove is just phenomenal. So that that's really encouraging to hear that they're pairing those guys in that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are there are there any players that you've noticed, young or old veterans uh, that have been kind of impressive? Like they've shown up and it just seems like they are on their game and they're ready to go? Um, uh, honestly, I, I think Ben Joyce has been one that, I, I don't know if it's, 
different from from what he came out of double a doing uh, last year last mm -hmm. uh, yeah last season but i hadn't actually seen him pitch in person prior to like his first few bullpens here at spring training so the first time i saw him throw i was like <laughs> uh -huh. I, I think like every video i tried to take of him i had to like delete and try again or like try and cut the audio because i was like, <laughs> the whole the whole video was just me going like uh -huh. <laughs> wow like, warm-up pitches were coming out like triple digits and i was just like what 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 is going on <laughs> yeah yeah um and he has uh some kind of some a little bit of a crowd sometimes when he throws his bullpens some oh, other sure. guys come, come to watch him um so he's been pretty exciting um colton ingram who i wrote about mm. I have to throw in all the, the random stories that I've written so far. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Yeah, Colton Ingram's also been pretty exciting to see so far. I haven't seen his his, his uh, spring too much just because it's hard to it's hard to keep track of all of them. They're on like four different fields right. plus the bullpen. Yeah, <laughs> everything's yeah. happening at the same time. But he looked pretty pretty good um, in his uh, in his first bullpen that I saw um, when I talked to him in the off season just about everything he was working on. He told me he was going to add a, they wanted him to add a, a change up and they wanted him to add more sweep to his slider. When I spoke to um, Matt Wise, the pitching coach about it, they're like, yep, he did those things. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> like, That's encouraging to hear. Yeah. Um, Edgar Quero, um, I haven't seen too much of his, like, of like him doing stuff in spring. Like I've seen him, learning in spring and like mm -hmm. doing the like catching drills and stuff that they do that they do but he's someone that's like on the on the radar of like really promising talent that i mean he's not gonna jump right into into the big leagues after this spring sure. um but like this th this spring training is big development for him um especially him being so young um have i seen jeremiah jackson i've seen a few of his batting practices hmm. and they looked good but i don't have anything to compare it to compare it to from mm -hmm. like what he was doing right um i think it's for logan ohoppy he's been catching a lot of uh shohei's bullpens and lives well, interesting he, he did his first live today so i shouldn't even say a lot he did the one today but he's he caught his uh, a few of his bullpens yeah um so i i think i think that alone is telling yeah right. that's huge um, yeah yeah because max stassi was kind of his main catcher last year and and then that, there's that conversation of who's going to be the guy that is the starter coming out of spring training and obviously everybody's really hyped on ohapi so i think it's really cool to hear about some of those young guys because we feel confident with this team and they've added some good pieces, especially in the bullpen. But when you've got guys like Eric Torres and Sam Bachman and even Ben Joyce, who are just getting people's attention, probably you, you heard Ben Joyce and his fastball before you probably saw him, right? Cause I'm sure that there's probably some snap on that fastball. It's, it's really, it's crazy to, to hear and see in person the ball. Yeah. Like usually, okay. You, you hear a fast pitch, like you can hear a pitch. Like it has that hiss sound. Yeah. Joyce's Joyce's fastball doesn't just sound like a regular hiss. It sounds like it is like seething the air, like it is singeing <laughs> the air that it's crossing. That's awesome. And I just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, wow. So Sarah Albert Pujols is back 
in an Angels uniform. He's fulfilling that 10-year personal services contract. Special instructor has has been his title. Um, Now that he's back, what have you seen him uh, doing in spring training? What has been his role so far? What are your what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so um, I think they said he was a special assistant to the club because I he's going to be floating around to a few different things. Yeah, um, at least after uh, he goes to some of these like instructs. Um, but so far with the Angels, like here at camp, I've seen him um, kind of like mentoring guys in the cage. Um, I haven't seen him too much after that. Like I've seen, I've primarily seen him in the cage, so I'm not. Mm-hmm. Not too sure where else he's been floating to. Um, and then after he leaves Angels Camp, he's supposed to be going to their facility in Dominican Republic to oh, do the same great. thing, just yeah. mentoring some of the young guys. And that's awesome. That was one thing we were very excited about when we found out he was going to come back and fulfill that contract, just because who better to learn from, especially if you're an international free agent signed by the Halos and and Pujols is there. I feel like he's going to go a long way in mentoring those young guys and helping them come to the U.S. and get acclimated and things like that. Yeah, he's got 20, 23 years of of experience and then of, of like knowing how the system works, knowing how the business works, and definitely a, a plus to helping there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sarah, before we let you go, you shared a, a story in our pre-show conversation about somebody hitting a home run and then like uh, talking to Mike Trout. Would you share that story with our, our viewers and our listeners? Of course. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could do like a overheard at Angels Camp. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. That'd be fun. I'd love that. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but uh, today, uh, uh, during batting practice, someone hit back-to-back home runs and then kind of a... Uh, like lightheartedly was like, is that what it feels like, Mike Trout? Uh, (laughs) Love that. Did I impress you, sir? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Sarah, uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Where can they find your work? Yep. Um, You guys can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same uh, name, uh, at Sarah underscore Isabel V-E-E. Sarah is spelled S-A-R-A-H. Isabel is spelled I-S-A-B-E-L. And all my work could be found at latimes.com. Fantastic. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. And again, saving the best for last, like Mike said. (laughs) (laughs) But we we really, truly appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been busy out in Tempe to to join us. But I know our Locked on Angels listeners and viewers are going to truly, truly appreciate this conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What a great conversation with Sarah. She is a joyful person. I really enjoyed that. And thanks for making Locked on Angels your very first listen every single day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB Prospects show with our friend Lindsey Crosby. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow and his podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, be sure to give Sarah a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah with an H underscore Isabel V-E-E. So be sure you give her a follow and follow us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, what do we have on deck for Friday's show? Well, let's talk about who should be the starting catcher 
for the Angels this season. Who's going to be the starter as they break camp? Johnny, we'll give the options, and we have some thoughts and opinions, and that's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Of course we have some thoughts and opinions. That's why we're here. <laughs> All right, yeah. friends. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Big thanks to Sarah Valenzuela for joining us today, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.